0: Welcome to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar giving you another movie, event, review, podcast. We are doing the Ready or Not Award show today. I am your co-host, Mike One. This is co-host also, Mike. This is the 33rd anniversary of both the cinematic debuts of Rob Reiner's Oscar-nominated coming-of-age classic Stand By Me and the Tobe Hooper, not-at-all-Oscar-nominated Fever
1: Dream, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Mike, what do you think of that? same movie pretty much right (laughs) same movie that's a stupid joke uh i do have a plea for our audience once again uh please click the five stars on our apple Podcasts. we want to send out this uh application to get on rotten tomatoes asap it would really help we have Way more than enough uh, fans to do so, but yeah. none of you are doing it. We need <laughs> you to do it, so please click on shows in your your Apple Podcast app. Click on shows, go to Mike, Mike and Oscar. You got to scroll down for like a one count, two count, three count, and then you'll see the five star option. Just please click that for us, and we'll be uh, you know adding to those uh, tomato scores. We will not stop asking until this is done. So I'm <laughs>
0: sorry for this,
1: but. You can stop this. You get yeah. You guys can stop this. You're great with six degrees. You're great with all our Twitter questions. Please click the yeah, five stars. If you, if
0: you just go on your Apple Podcast, type in Mike, Mike, and Oscar in a search, click our logo, and like Mike said, scroll down. You'll see the opportunity to literally take three seconds of your day, and it would not be more of a bigger help than it possibly could be to us. But for now, for this episode today, like I said, we're doing Ready or Not, a horror thriller suspense movie. It's a
1: horror comedy, baby. They got the all horror right. comedy. We'll talk about that. They got the horror comedy right. Was if you're not
0: joining before, for at least our last movie event review, which we covered the Seth Rogen film Good Boys, uh, we've changed our movie event review format. We take these non Oscar contending, but still of the moment type pictures, and we have them uh, give them their own award show, since they probably won't be contending for the major award shows later on in the award season the year. Some of them might be contenders for lesser award show, like this one we hope is. We'll talk about that throughout this episode as well. Mm-hmm. But this is its own Ready or Not award show, where we'll be giving it uh, many fictitious awards uh, throughout the non-spoiler and spoiler-laden sections of this review, so you still get those two reviews for the price of one. The first half of all movie event review podcasts will be non-spoiler, spoiler-free, so if you've not seen the movie yet, we're going to basically tell you why it will be worth your time, and if it kind of strikes your fancy, why you should spend your time and money to go see it in the theaters. You will have your spoiler warning in the middle. After the spoiler warning, as always, will be the spoiler-filled section of the review, where we go through the things, the highlights, the lights, what we liked and disliked about the film
1: specifically. Let's start in the non-spoiler section, Michael. What is the first award of the evening? Actually, you wrote it down first, so this is like the semi-pro where you pass it to Will and he passes it right back, and that happens for that's 30 right. seconds. I'm just sitting in the post. That's actually, that's not unlike my basketball game in the
0: pickup court as well. Right away, okay, before we even get into any aspect of this film, we have the no idea what the target audience for this movie is award, because again, we've had different trailers, different times that we've seen these movies. I don't know what you had, but my previews before this movie were for Jojo Rabbit, Fox. last Christmas, Hit. Ad Ashra and Dr. Sleep, as well as Terminator, Dark Fate. I know a majority of them are Fox, like you're saying. There's no target audience with these group of trailers. You're not specifying
1: any one group that you think is in these theaters, are so you? So, what was your audience like? I mean, I had a bunch of kids. I went to the nine o'clock last night. So movie. did I. A bunch of kids and a couple of you know guys my age, kind of thing. Yeah, I had like I had
0: a couple kids that were there with chaperones, mothers, and whatever. There was like a ten year old girl there. I was sitting in the same row as like a twelve year old kid wearing a Red Sox hat. I'm like, what? What is this movie? I asked. I had to ask the kid. I'm like, this is ready or not, right?
1: <laughs> did not expect that am i in theater? dumbo right i'm not in dumbo <laughs> good I'm not in Dumbo. All right, Mike. Actress we've most wanted to see get a starring role after loving her in a bit part in an Oscar movie. Samara Weaving, who played Penelope, who said baguettes in Three Billboards. She said baguettes? We've been wanting her to become this breakout star, and she gets her opportunity in this movie. I thought she was
0: great. We're going to have more about her performance as we go on here, but head and shoulders, the star of the movie in both a very literal sense and a very figurative sense as well. I also true to form what we did in our good boys uh, review last time i do have again the most movie comps in a featured rotten tomatoes review <laughs> this time it goes to katie walsh of the la times the most dangerous game with notes of rosemary's baby and the sassy snarky tood of heathers currently sitting at a 91 percent certified fresh rotten tomato rating on 75 reviews we could also add in here what are you doing metacritic because it's sitting at like a 65 meta score
1: and that's up. It was yeah. a 61 when I was looking at it before. So that that's a little strange. I mean, is that some disrespect to a horror comedy or is that, you know, one of the situations where people like it, they don't love it and a lot of people like it. So still, it's a good thing. I do want to say something positive about Fox Searchlight here mm-hmm. because I think this is getting nominated for the best indication Fox Searchlight still knows what the hell they're doing. Yeah. And, and this is a strong movie, and this is a, a movie that they probably made on a decent budget that's going to make money at the end of the day. This year has not gone well for Fox in general. The Aftermath, 27% are on Rotten Tomatoes, Tolkien at 51%. Those were the Fox Searchlight movies thus far. Yeah. We've had big conversations about Jojo Rabbit and Lucy in the Sky. Mm-hmm. We don't know what those are. We hope they're good. Right. But this is a great omen for the rest of the slate. Cosign there, and also we talk about all the time how it's important to get out to see these lower
0: Fox... Budget properties. I could not find an opening weekend projection yet. We just saw this on opening
1: day anyway. In the previous showings, looking around the blogs, and yeah. I found somebody's blog said was, seven point right. seven for so the week. That, yeah. that was low.
0: Right. That and that, yeah. that would
1: be incredibly low. But yeah, I mean, we hope that this does close to twenty. I would expect at least ten. Right. Right. I, I, my theater was packed last night, yeah. so I'm hopeful. I mean, if you go from a Tuesday through a Sunday, right. I'm, I'm hoping that's twenty at the very least, Michael. The YouTubers turn short filmmakers turn
0: directors award. This is the Bettinelli Olpine. my apologies if I mispronounced that, and Gallette. Those are the directorial team that did this today. They had contributions to Southbound and VHS, two horror anthologies, Tyler Galette and Matt Bellatini uh, written by two relative unknowns in Guy Busick and Ryan Murphy, and no, not that Ryan Murphy, who is currently dominating every facet of television that Shonda Rhimes doesn't choose to dominate, <laughs> a different Ryan Murphy. So relative unknowns coming together in both the directorial and the screenplay, putting together
1: a, a a solid horror film right it's actually a trio of directors mike chad valela is the third guy they're just interviewed on the big picture podcast sean fantasy on the ringer there and i guess they they fought to get the dual directing credit they have not yet been approved of the the tri credit i remember this was a big deal for the spider verse movie it's a big deal for the uh,
0: dga as well they yeah. usually don't go beyond i mean two is usually something that you have to be an established directorial team already to get the credit to have two names on the directed by line. Three, we just plain don't have if you want to be recognized by the
1: Directors Guild of America. But you can really see a career arc for them because they did, like, shorts, right? Short mm-hmm. films, YouTube videos, which are essentially short films, and then they contributed to two horror anthologies with Southbound and VHS. Never so again, saw
0: Southbound myself, but VHS, there are some
1: freaky yeah. uh, parts of VA, the VHS antholo- uh, trilogy there. I, I did see Southbound. I liked it. It, uh, okay. a fair amount. It's Good. same same deal. I, I'm too chicken to watch VHS. It's, it's fucking scary. <laughs> <laughs> so, I want to get into some serious awards for sure. once. For once. Because I believe... First time for everything. I believe that Samara Weaving is the breakout star of this And I believe she should be nominated for a Saturn Award for Best Actress in a Horror Movie, a Fangoria Chainsaw Award, an IGN Summer Movie Award. MTV Um, Movie Awards. All these lesser popcorn ones that that placate the teens and the young kids. Yeah,
0: why not? I would absolutely co-sign that. I mean, she shows... She really jumps off the screen as this like new age final girl type thing that's highly capable, has a lot of agency, and the film truly does revolve around as opposed to the old school hide in a quarter and
1: ironically enough,
0: even though the the movie's about hide and seek, she's doing seeking a lot of the time.
1: I love that she's given so much agency. I love that the, the script really fast-tracks her understanding so that we can get yeah. somebody who is not just a damsel in distress. She's also playing the hell out of the satire of the whole thing. Yes. She does the cliched, like, over-the-top reaction, but with her little slant on it. I loved all that. The family dynamic is fascinating. The dynamic with her groom-husband is fascinating. And you got so much subtext for these characters to play that I just just look at this performance and there's so much more than meets the eye now she's written like too perfectly
0: as a human being and as as a woman this is like the where the hell are these women in real life and what do i have to do to meet any of them award because (laughs) samara weaving is so laid back and so chill and so intelligent and so capable and this isn't saying that women aren't it's just like it's it's beyond and
1: she's just the perfect partner so I'm going to get into some <laughs> dimensions later on, because I, I have a, I have a little pushback on that. I can't do it until okay. we get to spoilers. But I do believe, like, she screws up majorly many times. She gets lucky. Okay. And uh, certainly the, the plot, they write this in, so we'll, we'll get there. So we're continuing to talk about the cast now. The most yuppie-looking supporting cast member award. Bunch of options here, Mike. We're both going to pick mm-hmm. one. OC's Adam Brody, Mm -hmm. you got Mission Impossible's Henry Zerny, he was one of the CIA guys in that first Brian De Palma, Mission Impossible, you got Groundhog Day's Andy McDowell, who looks yuppie as hell. Yeah,
0: I'm going to give my subcategory award to this overall category, the (laughs) why isn't Andy McDowell cast as an evil stepmother in a Disney live action remake award going to Andy McDowell? Or Aunt Helena, she could find be a finalist there, too, because they're both equally freaky. But Andy McDowell, would she not be the perfect evil stepmother in a Disney live-action remake? I mean,
1: she's basically playing one in this movie to a T. I'm a huge fan of her whole career, and her daughter, Margaret Qualley, yeah. uh, really takes after her, and I'm just so impressed with that family in general. However, I have someone else that I did not mention winning my award for the most yuppie-looking... <laughs> Supporting cast member, and it's going to go to the guy who plays Fitch in this one, Christian Broon. You love him. He just looks so yuppie, <laughs> man. He's, and he's, I like that he's a little bigger, he's a little thicker, or what do they call it uh, in uh Dolomite trailer? A little puffed up or yeah, whatever? <laughs> yeah, he's a little big guy. He's a little bigger, and, I, and he, he cracked me up the whole time. Mike, we gotta give out a Scene Stealer Award. So we just kind of went through the cast. This is a tough choice. You know, you can pick any one of those. John Ralston is Stevens the Butler, and we also have the great aunt, Aunt Helena, mm-hmm. uh, as Nikki Guadagni. Guadagni? Guadagni? Guadagni. I agree with all of those. Okay. <laughs> one I'm, of those is gonna be right.
0: You have a big uh, affinity towards Fitch, and I thought Fitch wasn't done any favors with the dialogue that he was given. I think they wanted him, to, at least to me, this is my interpretation, but I, it was painfully obvious they wanted him to be the comic relief and the mm-hmm. the baseline guy to bring you back to reality and give you a respite. Mm-hmm. It just didn't land for me Lord a lot. for me, man. I was yeah. laughing like a uh, dope. But for me, the scene stealer, and it's kind of a cop-out because they're the two main players of this movie, mm-hmm. but Samara Weaving, in a very literal sense, and Adam Brody, I, I thought they were awesome i mean they their characters layered and layered with conflict they have to do all sorts of things within this plot and you really don't know where either of them stand but you know your eyes are drawn to them you're just waiting to see which either one is going to do next
1: and at times it's the movie does boil down to a chess game between just the two of them adam brody's character has so much to him we're going to get into it but my winner for this one stealing scenes like five times is melanie scrofano she is one of the daughter-in-laws she plays emily le Dumas. She is hilarious. The physical comedy she brings to this role, just great job by her. Whenever she's on screen, she's making me laugh. So a lot of good things to say about this cast, Mike. It's a great cast. I totally agree. Let's talk about the Brownish Mahogany <laughs> Filter Award. The Brownish Mahogany Filter Award for the cinematography. When we talked about the Hateful Eight, we actually watched a bunch of cinematography uh, documentaries on YouTube mm-hmm. and, and the making of there. And the visuals in the Hateful Eight were given certain hues. I really feel like there's a brownish hue, right? Okay, right. There's the, a pal- brownish- the palette of this is very tan, brown, Everything mahogany. inside of that mansion. It has this certain look. I mean, the Fincher stuff is all a little yellow or a little greenish. It depends you know, on the film. Matrix. Yeah. You, know, you, you see this all the time, but I, I love the cinematography here. You're coming down the staircase. That was an iconic shot of the bride walking down. There's a pan up at the bride looking at herself in the mirror, times one, times two. Again, you know, really the camera work it, it sets a cinematographer apart, and I, I love the visuals. I love the mise en scene, but I also love the movement. Did you wonder why cell
0: phones were only. I mean they were alluded to, but if you're going to bother alluding to them within this plot, they should be made a bigger deal within a plot like this, shouldn't they? Like there's one scene where Samara, we- Grace's husband says grab your cell phone, it's at, and that's it. That's all cell phones are ever mentioned. I don't remember them casting them aside or anything.
1: Cell phones are used later in the plot, Mike, but I think the the whole point of this was to do it like they did it in the old days. Everybody knows I agree. The I agree.
0: But it, but it was a very pr- modern day
1: story. They just happen to be in an old mansion. Yeah. So... Where was the modern technology that would be that we're all glued to? They're, they're literally using all those old school weapons, and they're talking about shutting off the security cameras, and they're and they're making all these pleas to one another, to do it like old
0: great grandpa right, did. I guess I'm asking that if any bride is in this situation, or is in any situation where you're meeting with your in-laws the night after your wedding, when you're in your bridal gown, do you still have your cell phone somewhere on you? That's a great like, question. I, 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 I don't no know idea. this. Yeah, no so this idea. is what I guess what I'm asking because I would I would just assume, but then again, maybe it's a special. Circumstance, so that explains why it's not there. It's not normal for a bride to have that honor. I would love to hear some feedback if that's normal or not.
1: No, I would guess maybe her maid of honor has a a purse or something. Yeah, maybe I don't know. In there, that's a good question. Maybe we should get married at some point, (laughs) Michael. I do look good in a dress. (laughs) So I guess I'll keep going. Mm -hmm. The Horror High Concept Award for Titus script. Yeah, this is a high concept. This is something fairly unique. I haven't seen those mix of derivatives that Mrs. Walsh talked about in the Rotten Tomatoes blurb in any other movie before. This combination of things with this battle against the in-laws and a most dangerous game, you know, run for your life type of thing, lockdown chamber piece i haven't seen this before and they i thought they really set it up well we move from one stage to the next really well i'm going to get into more in spoilers but I, i think the marketing really helped this movie because the whole first 20 minute setup you're given a lot of snide comments because you know what the main pitch of this movie is you're laughing at those things early on
0: do you find yourself getting irritated or aggravated at all the more you watch this movie and think about what
1: happened with the hunt so I try not to bring in outside influences <laughs> when I'm just interviewing. That's one very noble. Mover. So you're you're getting upset for this movie because this other movie was wronged? Is that what's happening to you here? In your mind,
0: when you saw the previews for the hunt, I mean these are similar themes, you would think, yes?
1: Mike, I just watched Hotel Mumbai. Okay. Which could not be more of a, a literal one to one. It's about a shooting. And I don't know how that is allowed to right. be released. I mean, that's all the, I mean. All I, I think it should all be shown, obviously. But We're very clear on serious, that. It's serious. Right. It's dramatic. It's well made. The, the, the whole thing with the the hunt is it's all political. It's all Sure, political. sure, I mean, sure. at the end I, of the agreed. day. But there still is a high commentary
0: on classism and, and elitism within this movie itself, which is, again,
1: what the whole of the original notion of the most dangerous game is based on. They can only do so much as well with the release schedule. I mean if you pull something out last second, like the hunt was down the road. You're mm-hmm. we supposed to get it down the road. This was coming out in August. And yeah, once this was you get too close to opening once you get to the eleventh hour, I don't think the studio can move something like that. Especially Fox Search, like desperate for a hit, seeing a wide open opportunity to make some money this particular August weekend. And yeah,
0: maybe it's just me. I could not get it off my mind, especially with the
1: amount of firearms they're used within this movie. So, Mike, I do want this to get nominated for 2019 Saturn Awards for Best Horror Film, Best Actress, Best Writing, Best Directing, and some production values. Here are some other award shows that do have Best Horror Film categories. You have the Empire Awards, Independent Horror Movie Awards, MTV Movie Awards, and, of course, you have Best Sci-Fi slash Horror Movie Awards at the Critics' Choice, to name just a few Let's go. I think this movie's going to rank up there for me in terms of horror movies on the year, so I- I'm rooting for it.
0: Yeah, Samara Weaving may have a whole new career here, too, as this new-age horror final girl because she can scream with the best of them.
1: Well, think what she was doing in Three Billboards, too. She's tension relief. She is the relief in those scenes with Francis McDormand. Mm-hmm. With the dom- there's domestic violence scenes that she actually... Tells a joke, takes in. levity through. Yeah, uh, you're somehow, right. Somehow, somehow. I mean, she's a wildly talented actress. We established She's this. a walk onto the stage and make you laugh character in those scenes. So for her to do all that and then actually be an action hero in this one, yeah, I don't impressed. know if this
0: is like a star-making performance because I just don't know if enough people are going to get out to the theaters to see this. But they really should. If for no other reason, she brings a lot of goods for a, a what you would think is by the numbers or maybe a cookie cutter suspense thriller right. or maybe a thriller that you think you've seen before. We just had a conversation about that about whether it was unique enough and whether it wasn't but i i think you're going to be pleasantly surprised if you go to this and really concentrate on the performances and nothing else not only with Samara week but i would i would i would cast brody in there as well yeah
1: adam brody man major comeback for him yeah. just with this performance mm-hmm. alone then let's talk about it getting into spoilers
0: spoilers ahead this is a
1: spoiler
0: warning spoilers spoilers This is the spoiler section for Ready or Not, the award show brought to you by Mike, Mike, and Oscar as part of our movie event review series. If you've not seen Ready or Not yet, this is a good place for you to pause this podcast, go to the theater, go check it out for yourself. We'll be here waiting for you when you come back and hit play. If you've seen the movie already, if you're just curious to hear our thoughts or if we've hyped up the spoiler section for you so much in the non-spoiler section throughout our non-spoiler awards that you cannot possibly go another minute without hearing what spoiler awards we have in store for this movie, this is where you want to be. It's all spoilers for Ready or Not, part of the movie. Event review re, 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 review from Mike Mike and Oscar. <laughs> Mike, you want to start off with some
1: spoilers? The foreboding award. I think they did a great job with the foreshadowing in this. Really, this is how you write an act one. And again, this is how you use your marketing in conjunction with your act one because they actually play off of all that marketing. Because we know what act two is gonna be, you can make a lot of jokes about. Act two, in Act one, you have the groom giving her one last out. She thinks it's about one thing, the audience thinks it's about something else. And then you have the family. Once you're getting into act two, you have the family cracking wise like this. There's nothing usual about this. It's only happened once since I joined the family. And that's important because we saw the flashback in the first scenes, right? You see the original and you see Aunt Helen. She's getting married. It happened to her. That's why she's such a loony. Mm -hmm. And that's why she has such hard edges. But you also get the family at odds. They're not entirely on board with this. They have this prophecy that they don't believe about this devil character with this Mr. LaBelle. Well, the family believes it. They believe it. They do believe it, but there's a lot of skepticism sure. within the family as well. Yes, And I love that you get all this foreshadowing about the turmoil that the groom's going to go through, the turmoil that... And really the ineptness of all these characters. Because they don't know what the hell they're doing. And they don't they, have experience doing this. They yeah. never have. And so that's
0: that's the premise of this movie, for those of you that haven't seen it or are hanging out in the spoiler section just to find out what the movie's about. Uh, obviously, it's a big murderous game of hide-and-seek that this family has to do if the hide-and-seek card is pulled out... As they have to play a game every time someone within this family gets wed. It's just that if the hide-and-seek card is the game that they've are been told to play by this random card Generator. It's a murderous game of hide-and-seek where they literally hunt the incoming person into the family to death. Yeah, so I love the magic box.
1: I mean, best magic box since Hellraiser. I mean, you, no, a- you don't want to give it to the box from uh, the, that, that uh, no, Cameron Diaz no, movie with Frank Langella. That was not no? a good box. All right. I'd say since Hellraiser, and I didn't even fucking see Hellraiser. But Mike worst luck award but we don't mind it because we knew she was going to have the worst luck because we knew what act two was going to Yeah. so we knew the hide and seek card was going to come up i love the story by the father the patriarch of the family talking about the deal with the devil talking about the legend of it all we don't think that's going to really come true and then of course we get we get that ominous ending that's the ticking time bomb of this whole thing and i thought
0: it was really unique and we're going to touch on it more as we go but there was you keep alluding to it there's this like curse that this family is under that they, they're not just hunting because they're murderous mad people they're hunting the new incoming person because they have this mystical box that they got from basically this pirate wizard from back in the day that says you have to hunt and complete this hide and seek game
1: in this murderous way or else something terrible will happen to your family right and if, some, the, if the if the person makes it till dawn and for all of the other spouses in the family that have married in they got chess i got old maid <laughs> <Right>.
0: what the <laughs> fuck's old maid
1: Fitch, yeah it's like i got old maid,
0: what yeah. the hell is old maid? <laughs> I not that is. And I'll tell you what, it's here, you talked about the, the groom who's not Brody, Brody is the groom's brother, but the yeah. groom giving Grace the out, this is where I would personally give out the award for, yeah, this wedding's off. At midnight, on my wedding night, if I gotta play a game with your creepy family, on principle alone, scary motif of this ghost mansion aside, I'm out. <laughs> not playing hide and seek and by the way hide and seek I understand the cuteness of the title ready or not that's what you say when you're playing hide and seek but god damn you Robert De Niro for money grabbing so often in the early 2000s aka the why the hell isn't this movie called hide and seek award because Robert De Niro made a movie in 2005 called hide and seek you are trapped in 2005 this movie should be called hide and seek not ready or not
1: <laughs> a shitty movie was already called hide and seek yeah and you're trapped in that decade Mike think about
0: the difference if that called was old maid like we just said they would literally just have to play a game of old maid the only stakes in this movie is if the hide and seek card is pulled not the ready or not card
1: the hide and seek card correct that's the that's the movie but i want to tell our audience i came down here and the least surprising thing in the world he takes off his headphones and blink 182 is blasting yeah from 2003 you're trapped you're a man lost in time. I've made my decisions and my peace with those. <laughs> You're right, Mike. It should have been called Hide and Seek, but I do, I like Ready or Not too. It's a play on that. That's fine. So this is a big award for me. It's a serious one. I think this is one of the smarter shifts from suspense to thriller awards. In this script, you go from a suspense script to a thriller mm-hmm. script, and it happens in one scene. This is a great scene where she basically gives up on the game. She was hiding in the dumbwaiter. You watch the family weapon up. They're out on the prowl. they got to kill her. And she's not the wiser. And part of the reason that they're able to succeed is that she's none the wiser. Mm -hmm.
0: So she thinks that she's literally playing a game of hide and seek on her wedding night. That's why she thinks it's stupid.
1: And she's done with it. She gets out of the Dunwaiter, walking back, and luckily the groom is there, grabs her, hiding behind the bed. And that's when, of course, Emily (laughs) shoots one of the maids, right, or one of the nannies, really. And she watches this girl bleed out Mm -hmm. while the rest of the bumbling idiot family talks about the whole enterprise. They give it all away. And in that one moment, it's so important from a screenwriting perspective because the main character gets caught up with the audience. No longer is the audience ahead of that main character. That would have been suspense. Now we're in thriller territory. Now game on. And thanks to Grace's husband explaining
0: to her the rules of what's going on how she basically needs to live until dawn and if she <laughs> does the family will perish and if she doesn't she will die at the hands of the family because they literally think their lives are on the line. That's my ticking clock award because now you have not only a clock on Grace obviously yeah. you need to make it to dawn but now we, we find out the bigger picture that there is this spell that this whole family believes they're under skeptical about it or not they do think they don't want to risk not killing this person because these spirits Pirate wizard spirit has told them that if they don't, something bad will happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I also grant this the Evolution of Tactic Award because I like how the script takes, in, does infuse technology with mm-hmm. the cameras, and that turns the family from being hunters into defenders. They go from seeking out grace to once grace's husband decides to ruin the cameras. Now they have to guard the exits and they're not the hunters. They're now the defenders of their property. They're trying to make sure grace can't escape. So that's really a tactical switch. The script really is tight in the way that it does go through different, you know, Not not genres, but it it at least keeps you guessing as to what's next. It's not just a hide-and-seek script. And there's a commentary on classism, which there has to be, for something, this type of movie to work. Like Mm. I just talked about with The Most Dangerous Game, and I think it is very effective, and I think it's highlighted and encapsulated perfectly in the harrowing Awards for America Today award I give out, (laughs) where, where Brody's character says, I realize you'll do pretty much anything if your family says it's okay. And this is the entire divide between the haves and the have-nots, not only in this movie, but in this country, and sad to say in our politics
1: at some points right now. There's a lot of incentive for continuing (laughs) their way of life in many ways. So let's get into some of the lines. I grouped them all together this week. So the funniest line I love how everybody says she was my favorite. Yeah, kid. that was that's funny. To I like Clara, that, yeah. Clara was everybody's favorite nana nanny, and and they all say it to a person. And then the father's like, it was the '80s. That's why they wore the stupid masks. I was dying. What did death. you think about that one flashback
0: where? So where grace wakes up well no where grace oh, okay. wakes up and is having her hallucinogenic state after stevens captures her and she sees her husband in the mask in the back seat before she finally does come to and realizes it's all a dream
1: is that from labelle is that sent to her from labelle i wonder like that was the worst tra- all right i'll get to it now i have this written down later but worst tranquilizer dart ever award <laughs> goes to that tranquilizer <laughs> dart because she's out for like what five minutes yeah maybe so It was <laughs> terrible so labelle woke her up with that dream i guess i didn't even think that it was uh, the LaBelle ghost doing that to her but maybe it it was very strange I had the other (laughs) quote about the nannies and then there were none (laughs) all the nannies died that's so terrible the father's like I don't want to be doing this I got a tea time at eight none of us thought we would be doing this I got a tea time at eight (laughs) Stevens is like I'll find her and yes, sir, I'll fix the fence tomorrow. Stevens is the Butler of the Year award winner for me. This, that, that guy yeah. can play on my team Good. any day. That's fine. Why is he making tea and singing opera in the kitchen while all this is going on upstairs? That's probably a worse scene for me. Yeah, but he's staring down the barrel of a shotgun. Oh, he's loyal. Yeah, I mean, this guy's ready to go. He is loyalty personified. I like the the Fitch line. So at what point do we just cut and run? Am I right? I mean, come on, right? Come on now. Whatever he said, it was pretty fun. And then, of course, the closer lines of this movie, uh, right before the husband dies, she's like, I want a divorce. And then uh, to end the movie, the cops are up coming up to her, and she's like, what happened here, miss? In-laws. Yep. <laughs> That's a great way Something to end it. Something very relatable, yeah. So, but my pick for the win, that iconic pan-up when she grabs the shotgun and puts all the shells around her neck, it, it's this great pan-up with, with the camera. And then she just looks at herself. She goes, "Ooh, Jesus!" <laughs> Baby laughs. Okay. That is, I mean,
0: Samara Weaving. She does, and that's why I think she's like over. She's made to be overly likable and overly cool because she still is. I mean, she's the hunted. She's scared out of her mind. Doesn't mean she's not still capable. But she's still just laced in cool mm. and calm and collected.
1: She's got the poise. I mean, yeah. once she realizes the stakes, the fact that right. you put that murder scene and and that happened right in front of her, she knows it's on. She doesn't have to be convinced. She doesn't doesn't have to come around to it mm. she knows it's a life and death stakes from that that point on i thought that was so smart and then to, to put 15 jokes in that scene really really are a great job it's also rewrite.
0: worth noting i thought that and i don't even know what i would name this award but maybe just the unfortunate first timer award but for all that she's gone through in this movie and all the bloodshed and all the death grace samara Weaving's character mm-hmm. kills one person she kills one person she kills she just happens to kill annie mcdowell right in front of her son which is yeah. grace's husband but everything else and the family thinks that that samara we- grace is this mastermind mm-hmm. because they keep finding dead bodies that happen just by coincidence and happenstance but samara weaving i thought that was important too she's a true and true protagonist because even when she's truly literally the hunted mm-hmm. she doesn't really turn into this evil sinister murderer we have to ask ourselves the ethics of what's right and wrong even though clearly all of us were probably retaliate and murder
1: ourselves in that situation i totally agree with her choices in this i think they're walking a fine line and the reason why she doesn't get the chance to murder people why there's not just a bloodbath from start to finish or a plotting one death after the Mm. next death and let's just get keep getting bigger and bigger because they're all amateurs. And I think that's really important. I I watched the movie revenge last year. I think it was, or maybe it was early this year. Cinematography, gorgeous, but basically you had this damsel in distress go into and become the bride from the kill bill, like overnight, literally overnight. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She, you know, she takes some drugs, and then she just doesn't give a an F, and then she turns into this great fighter, and she starts picking off all these serious henchmen, and it's just unbelievable. Right. It's just unbelievable. Here, this is not a fighter, and none of these people are. No, yeah. So, of true. course- Except she, for Stevens. She thinks she kills the Stevens, <laughs> but right. doesn't right. a couple times, and it's kind of funny that he keeps getting the worst of everything. And then, of course, you have all these accidental deaths. Mike, I want to get into the funniest scene here. Yeah. Let's let's pick from one of these. Getting to know your crossbow with Fitch. You have the fact that the father's like. Let's flip a coin to decide who takes the head. What the <laughs> hell? That freaked me the hell out. That was so smart because like, they do this all the time. Brody's character at the end of it is like, I don't care. Dad's <laughs> like, call it and Brody's is like, whatever. <laughs> we mentioned the butler making tea. Now, Fitch, Fitch, what he does on his phones is just hilarious. He literally types in, packed with the devil, real or BS into Google. I love that. Uh, and then Fitch is like uh, later on in the movie, you got this, Fitch. Don't be a bitch, I'm Fitch.
0: laughing more at your reciting his lines than I did in the theater when that character was saying them i think they just tried too hard for my life i don't know what it was it hit me for whatever
1: reason my the funniest scene for me though is when the sister-in-law charity has her dead to rights with the crossbow and you think she's got her i mean she's panning with the gun and she's running across the yard because she got outside she's like i got you bitch and then everything gets quiet and the shot just goes wide into like 40 trees to the right. Mike, I didn't even smile at that. It didn't I land tried. at me at all. I thought I thought she had her. I thought it was good. All right, this is where she gets hit in the leg. This is where she gets injured. It totally
0: had me. The funniest scene I thought there was and I don't know if we want to get to it yet but it's Mm -hmm. it's also the most well-deserved laugh scene which is the finale of this for You laughed at the finale. Oh yeah. I I just didn't see it coming. I I, I thought it was going to be one way and it was a total misdirect. So
1: that's going to be my craziest kill. Is that your craziest Uh, kill? It has to be I mean you had the first the nannies getting shot and a dub waiter. You had Daniel dying. We're going to talk more about that in a minute. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously the mother-in-law going down but that massacre was the biggest and best and craziest. So
0: this family is under this belief that this curse is going to happen if they don't kill this new blood by by dawn yeah. something horrible they're all going to die in this horrible perverse way and then dawn happens and
1: the sun rises and nothing happens it's it's a great line there I knew it it's all bullshit <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's just such a great scene now I really think the agency fits and is very realistic for this character because she is helpless. And you write your characters in jeopardy, but what does she have to do to win? She just has to keep fighting, And and she just has to keep trying because all she does is just squirm free of the final stab, and then they all realize the sun is up and get distracted. That is huge because they could have killed her there, but then they're like, it's over. Well, the aunt still it's wants bullshit. to. The aunt does still want to. And then, of course, she goes after her and blows up, which is pretty And that's, the,
0: that's the punchline. the The curse is real. <laughs> this family is all going to die. And they just explode into blood and matter in front of her. And as it's happening, one by one, Grace... Just stands there covered in her blood
1: and everyone else's blood and just starts laughing to herself want, watching this all go down. I want a divorce. She has the final <laughs> conversation with her husband. And I do think it's, it's good writing that the, her husband, the groom, as a young child, was the only person to see the specter of LaBelle. I mean, that, that really fits. And the father reads a lot into that as well. Mike, the scariest scene. Georgie, little the little boy Georgie in the uh, stable, shooting her in the hand. That was surprising. Certainly was surprising. How did, the hell did that kid get a gun? Mm-hmm. Uh, her falling into the goat pit. I call that my case of the Mondays award.
0: <laughs> you get shot by an 11-year-old, you punch the 11-year-old, and then you fall into a pit of dead carcasses and
1: goat meat. Yeah, That's the case
0: of the Monday. There's no bouncing back from that. How, you got to restart
1: your week. How does that not smell up the whole field? <laughs> Never mind that that's a particular stable. That was ridiculous. When she cuts her back... Escaping the grounds through that fence. That, that was, was gnarly. That was freaky. Yeah. The car crash in Steven's car it was kind of funny, but it, it was kind of freaky, too. The first attempt at the ritual, I love that this happened twice. She's tied to the table. You like that it happened twice? I really do. Okay. Because I like that it, what it does to for Daniel's arc. I mean, Daniel's perhaps the most rounded character in this movie. We're going to get to it mm-hmm. again very soon. I keep foreshadowing it. But Daniel saves her with the poison drink. They'll shit weird for a week, but they'll be fine. <laughs> That's so important. And yep. he's hes that character that keeps back. Because he doesn't really have forth. his reveal about
0: his true Motivations, And it's because he doesn't know what his true motivations are. We're going to we'll touch on it next. But for me, the scariest scene was Steven's head popping up outside the driver's door once onstar yeah, kills the good. car. That's the first. That's the only time. This that's, I think that's important to point out. This is a horror movie, quote unquote, because there is blood. There is gore. But. I didn't think there was a lot of jump scare moments no. outside of maybe that one.
1: No. it's definitely, you got to find a balance in a horror comedy, and you got to kind of decide which one you're going to yeah. go through more. I think when you don't, you get tonal imbalances. Like Tucker and Dale versus Evil, it's, it's a really good comedy, and then there's some of the grossest stuff you'll ever see in yeah. a horror movie, especially when they go for the flashbacks, and that kind of ruined the movie for me. Right. Like, worst scene of that movie, because poor- it was too gross. Here, they're definitely forcing the tone more towards the comedy. Yeah. I agree, I agree. I think that's a that's a great summation, and
0: that probably aids as to why it, you know, especially with the marketing of this, you think there's gonna be people hiding around corners and, and all that, and there's just really not that here. They do try to do more comedically. It's more
1: like a WTF kind of yeah. movie, a thriller in many ways. So we're scene awards here, Mike. Coldest mother-in-law at a wedding award because she has the wow, your vows were wonderful conversation with the bride. Hours after the ceremony. Like, what the hell is that? That's the first time you've talked to your son's wife? You didn't talk to her the entire time until then? It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's that's fair. I also had the laying it
0: on thick award when it comes to Grace's character. Like, she's super cool, super down to earth, super capable, Love very you. intelligent, eager to please. And uh, why not? She was a foster kid, too. I, Has nothing to do with anything, but she just always wanted a family, damn it.
1: I just watched a really good horror movie where the main character who's trying to swim away from giant man-eating alligators <laughs> also has to be a swimmer for the Florida Gators. Right. And we right. all look uproariously. Everybody on filter, this is the best bar right. movie of the summer. Look at this movie. And we buy that. So fine. You wanna give me you wanna give me some nuances to the character. I don't care. I'm buying into the fantasy and that she's my fantasy girl always. That added nothing to her <laughs> character. <laughs> well it just kinda says that she's from the other side of the tracks in many ways. Okay. <laughs> why didn't she load the shotgun immediately? Yeah! That's not an award. It's just, why the fuck did she not load her gun? Why no, did she not weapon I up? do have an award like that, honestly, interestingly enough. I have the, why
0: didn't you kick him in the nuts award? That's true, I When was her saying, husband yes. is grabbing his face and revealing this
1: heel turn, finally. Yeah. Kick him in the nuts! <laughs> you got to geld them sometimes, (laughs) these these bucking Broncos. Uh, It's harsh, but I've been watching cowboy movies a lot lately. (laughs) I I mentioned the worst tranquilizer dart award. I don't know if LaBelle had something to do with that. But the best slash worst car service award, it's worse for her. But it's also best and worst in this sense. They shut the car down. The car was reported stolen because she's trying to call for help. She did, she clicked on one of those emergency yeah. service icons in the car and went to the, the OnStar, charger. OnStar. Adjacent, Thank yeah. you. This is great service. But then how does Stevens get the car back online so fast? Well, he probably had the passcode. He pre-contacted passcode?
0: OnStar, and they probably need some kind of password and... I don't know. That's I'm, how I figured it. I need to become a fancier adult. Stevens also has the best worst use of the 1812 overture in this movie <laughs> because it's not only his calling card but also leads to his ultimate demise. Yeah. <laughs> I think that <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. I really like that. Finally you got one
1: more award here, Mike.
0: Well, it, it just it all goes back to Alex who is the husband character. Not only I thought the heel turn was telegraphed. Yeah. Also, worst attempt at escaping a bed frame. You don't saw through the bed frame when your handcuffs are attached
1: to it. Yeah, you got to get that. This is you the go lat, to the crossbar, the crossbar, but you also got to get the lat workout here, where you just move your. F- Hands forward, I'm doing this. in real Oh, you want to just break through, break? You got to break it. I was just go to the edge, go to the crossbar,
0: the intersection, and separate the vertical piece from the intersected horizontal piece.
1: So, either one of these would have worked better than what he did. Yeah, so you
0: got to find the weak spot. You got to find the weak spot. And then, and this is why I didn't like the heel turn when he does finally turn against Grace because he right. goes through all this in all movies. I got to get back to Grace, I got to save Grace, I want to get back to Grace. And then once he finally does break free, he just decides, like, yes, he just saw his mother get killed, but what did he think was going to happen?
1: Well, yeah, he saw her kill his mother, right? And then he thought she killed his brother. Oh, you think that was it? Yeah, I didn't even put
0: that together. I'm an idiot. I can see. how Well, that I don't out. know. Yeah. I
1: mean, he could have thought she, he, she killed his brother, but she—he just went to his dying brother, right. and yeah, so he, he chose his family. All right, family now that's on that me. Then. I, I apologize. And the, I, I retract that the, that argument. The fact that the mother gave him the the big speech about.
0: I can, The mother thing makes sense, I just didn't,
1: like, if you're that worried about your
0: wife, what do you think is going to happen if you're hung up in the bedroom and your mother encounters your
1: wife? It's a great question, Mike. What if your bride, t- your new wife bashes your mom's face in with a giant <laughs> evil box from Hellraiser <laughs> right. into soup? While you know your mother is hunting her. Right. I mean
0: that's the other aspect of this yeah. one of them
1: has to which side do you empathize with good god this podcast <laughs> took a turn but look best Adam Brody performance best Adam Brody role in a long time Oh, maybe of his career of his career he gets quite the arc here let me just run it down yeah. real quick he is one of the little boys in the flashback so he's the older brother trying to protect his younger brother he's wrestling with the younger brother before the wedding you get this goofy thing where he's like speaking the truth about how fucked up the family is he's like the one voice of reason you don't belong in this family and I mean that as a compliment yep. he says that to, the, to Grace before all this goes down he finds her for the first time but he literally lets her go he says I'll give you a 10 second head start but it's a yeah, misdirection the whole because... movie
0: he's really resigned to this family and he says it outright he says I'm weak I I can't let my family die even though I know and he says this in a separate scene we all deserve to die I just can't be the one that makes that happen until he finally makes a decision with the best timely poison award that I yeah. gave out <laughs> the first attempt at the ritual they're going to stab grace who she's strapped down to this uh pentagram as you do yeah and <laughs> everyone just starts throwing up blood because it turns out that adam brody's character
1: brother daniel has poisoned everybody hydrochloric acid yeah he tries to save grace one final time with his own wife putting a gun on him and, and, and that's crazy. And I was talking. You got the heel turn from the groom, mm-hmm. and you got the what do you call face the opposite turn. face turn with Adam Brody's character. I love that moment. But his use is not done after that because the the groom. Comes and sees him dying, shot through. The yeah, neck. I
0: didn't. I, I tell you, I didn't
1: put that together, and that's on me. I should. No, look, that's I mean, a good I point. You know, you might be right because the wife was also on the ground there. Did she have the gun? Could the groom see that the wife probably could? He put two and two together like that. I don't know. I don't think the. I don't. Oh, the. You mean you mean Adam Brody's Adam wife. Brody's wife. I was talking about Grace. Yeah, Grace yeah. was Charity. Talking. Yeah,
0: I, I. I don't. I mean, she would have, right? I. I know. Hmm. I don't know if he puts Well Grace Grace knocked her out with the gun. He just sees yeah. his bride. He sees his brother,
1: who's his conscious. Right. And yeah. he sees his bride killing his own mother. Right. My yeah, God. That's probably the
0: Um just for other miscellaneous awards, we have the strongest dumbwaiter ever award. <laughs> it's because a one. that maid
1: just was crushed immediately by the dumbwaiter with I, no questions asked. I hope the kids in this family didn't have fun fun time <laughs> in these dumbwaiters. That would be bad. Uh, The creepiest old-timey record award for the hide-and-seek game. That should become somewhat iconic. The say no to the dress award (laughs) when Grace is tearing apart her
0: wedding dress so she has more functionality. I think TLC executives might have passed out there. Funniest
1: use of opera music in a movie. Everything with Stevens. I I, I totally agree. And I
0: I finally finished it up. The last thing I already gave out, but I said the most well-earned laugh award. And that is a very well-earned laugh by Grace as she sees... (laughs) And it's funny how they're able to make that make tonal sense, too. Yeah. Because people randomly exploding into body matter and blood is... We get it. <laughs> it's, it's a fine great, ending. It's
1: a great reversal, too, because they laughed away the obvious objection already right. in the scene. Right, as a misdirection. Doesn't happen right
0: away. You gotta wait for
1: Pirate Wizard there to play the record again. I do have one more. <laughs> yeah, word. God. The most fitting hairstyle for a Choice of Weapon award okay. goes to Aunt Helena. She picks an axe, and her hair kind of looks like an axe. I
0: mean, she's not even a Disney evil stepmother.
1: She's like Maleficent's mother. She's like a demon. Well, she, her <laughs> husband, her groom, was killed in the last time this game happened. Yeah. So that's like, she's just hardened to the world. It's rough. She want, she's out for blood. The rest of her life after that moment was out for blood. I'll tell you what. It's hard out there sometimes. <laughs> uh
0: look, we didn't say watch or no don't watch at the end of the non-spoiler section. Yeah. We should have, but we'll set up the final grades. Here we have this horror thriller suspense movie that's really a take on the da- most dangerous game. Certainly does bring some new stuff into the type of genre that we have here. An overly capable, very likable, too likable question mark mm-hmm. protagonist. And This family dynamic that still commentates and has this whole lens on classism and the class structure not only within this family but within America at large. Yeah, it's not subtle. No, it's it's very it's very out in the open about it. What do you think any final thoughts? What's your grade? Where do we go?
1: I think you talked me down a point for once okay. just because your facial expressions but I had it at a B plus 89 I think I'm gonna go B plus 88 it's high it's high for me I yeah. really enjoyed it last night the crowd really enjoyed it last night maybe that helped my yeah, watch experience because people were you know cheering they were going nuts I really I really enjoyed the theater going yeah
0: crazy. I was between a C plus B minus all day I landed on an 80 B minus I think it's that's not again not an insult we're not talking about an Oscar yeah, caliber you're film. a hard grader yeah but, I, but this is a, I mean this is a very good horror movie very good horror very good, movie. Very good horror movie well worth your time i do think you're going to benefit by seeing this in theaters versus waiting for it vod so that's where i would land on that do you agree with that i
1: do i, I wish we said that in a non spoiler. yeah but probably I do.
0: well we're learning after 200
1: and some odd episodes this new format we don't know where our ins and outs are but that's it that's the episode that
0: is the ready or not aka should have been named hide and seek award show for you the movie event review i will never forgive robert de niro for this i always knew it would come to this between me and him guys we want to know your thoughts comments questions concerns about this and anything else we cover in the mmo empire we are available everywhere you hear podcasts that's mike mike and oscar on apple podcast like we said at the very top of this if you could take a couple seconds out your day just type in mike mike and oscar in your search click on the logo scroll down and tap the five-star review that would really really mean a lot to us you could also reach out to us and leave us those comments mike mike and oscar uh i don't know where mike mike Everywhere. and oscar on facebook mike mike and oscar on instagram <laughs> mm and oscar on twitter mike mike and oscar at gmail.com.com and on reddit uh michael what is next in the mmo uh, uh i don't know empire. lineage empire whatever what do we do what is this can you talk to me for a second <laughs>
1: This uh new format must have you rattled because I've never seen you botch the outro like this. This sometimes is like, I'll
0: start saying a sentence and you I'll
1: just have no idea where it's worst gonna... outro <laughs> award by Mike One. Sorry, you get it. All right, listen coming up next. We got our Oscar Race checkpoint. That's gonna be another loaded checkpoint with news trailers. We are going to debut a new segment on that show though. So we're really excited about Unless it. Unless the academy like folds we gotta that cover that. To, <laughs> if we have to cover that, then yeah. But we're gonna, you know, review that. We're gonna review the whole Spider-Man Sony debacle on the next MMO weekly. Send us oh your boy, six degrees. A debacle. Yeah, that's a lot going on there as well. Michael, next week we are gonna do something special, a bonus episode of the Joker character study where we compare Pennywise the Clown for It Chapter Two with the Joker's character. How does the mad clown Joker character influence all of these new wave horror evil clowns that that we've seen since. We I'm gonna cover the people that started dressing up like clowns and appearing in the woods in North Carolina a couple years it's ago. It's a bonus episode, Mike. We could do whatever <laughs> we want. I know we've kind of talked about that once or twice before, but I think I do think that's connected. Yeah, I, I agree. If the Joker never existed. Would Pennywise exist if the Joker never existed? Would those evil clowns exist? Interesting. I Interesting. don't think I, so. I, I do a little research on. So that. that's a bonus episode next week. The following week, you'll get the Jack Nicholson Joker. But uh, I don't know which new movie we're going. Going to review next week. It depends if we can see Loose stuff like that. We may do one of those. We may do something super new. We'll let you know.
0: Is Loose even out by it's us? Not yet? Out. It's, on yeah, it's, it's, it's not It's only out in a couple
1: theaters. It's still yeah. I know
0: it's in New York for a while, but I don't think it's been here. Yet. I
1: want to do that one as soon as we yeah. can. But there, yeah. there's other movies coming out too.
0: All right, guys. Like we always say around here, when reality sucks, you can come watch movies with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round without the stuffiness. Go see, ready or not. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes, please.
1: Yes, that's the wisdom, by the way. Thanks. Little, little, little. See ya. And
0: See ya. See ya. See Tick tick ya. See ya. See ya. See ya. tick ya. See ya. See the clock.